The real estate world is changing. Opportunity is everywhere. It has never been so easy to connect, share, and bring people together. We're learning from others and finding the very best in ourselves. Challenging our beliefs, overcoming our fears, transforming ourselves so we can transform our business. This is Investor Creator. Hey, hey, what's up, guys? Brad here with Investor Creator. And today I'm actually out in the field. It's 7 a.m. and I'm going to uh, fight downtown traffic to go and buy a house. But it's about a $200,000 equity position, at least as far as I can tell. And so I've been super busy, but I did want to record. So I'm actually uh, mobile right now. So I'm driving down the interstate and we're going to go buy this house. And uh, but we're going to record because we're, we're multitasking today. So what I want to talk to you guys today about is dealing with divorce. And before we jump to any kind of crazy conclusions, it's not me facing divorce. Uh, At least I don't think I am. My wife was very sweet to me this morning. And uh, so I don't think she has any intention of divorcing me. And I definitely, definitely don't have any intention of divorcing her. But how this idea came about was two things. Number one, we're working on a deal in Las Vegas. And the the navigating the situation of divorce has been particularly difficult in this case. So that's reason number one. But reason number two is, you know, I'm scrolling on Facebook now and it's the end of January, beginning of February. And I'm starting to see all these ads for flowers and chocolate and, you know, stuffed bears and all this. And it's like, Hey gentlemen, don't forget your sweetheart this Valentine's day. And I was like, Oh yeah, Valentine's day is coming up. And you know, guys, I'm, I'm really blessed. I mean, my wife is super pragmatic and we don't really do the whole Valentine's Day thing. Like, I feel like it's sort of silly. You know, back when we were in college, uh, I took her to a, a nice Italian restaurant when we were probably 20 or 21 years old. And uh, it was on Valentine's Day. And I didn't make reservations because, you know, that's the kind of person that I am. And uh, but we walk in and there's a two hour wait. And the hostess I knew from one of my accounting classes, but she was kind of a a cold and prickly sort of lady. And so uh, I was like, well, maybe this girl can put me at the front of the line. And she she told me very quickly uh, that that was not going to happen. So uh, we ended up eating there, getting mediocre food and terrible service. And, um, you know, but she was like, you know, Brad, I think this whole Valentine's Day thing is silly anyway. So um, I guess the only relationship advice that I'll ever give on this podcast. It's like, you know, give your wife flowers, give your girlfriend chocolates or a bear or whatever, but do it on like, you know, July 15th, you know, something she's not expecting. I I think that that goes uh, a a lot farther than, uh, you know, like, Hey, um, you have to give me this stuff today. Like, I I just kind of think that's silly. Plus we shouldn't be telling each other that we love each other at one day a year anyway. It's like, let's, let's tell each other all the time. Uh, anyway, I'm going to go back to things that I actually know what I'm talking about, and that's real estate. It's like that's that's where I can speak with with some sort of insight. So dealing with divorce, I, you know. But anyway, I was I was looking at these Facebook ads, and I'm like, how do I integrate uh, Valentine's Day with the podcast? And I'm like, it's it's perfect. It's easy. Divorce. We'll talk about divorce because roughly a half of marriages end in divorce. It's roughly a fifth of our business is divorce. And it's something that I think people really overlook because they, they think that the divorce situation doesn't give 
any type of, of additional problems in the negotiation or, or the purchase, okay? So we're going to go through this. So why is understanding the divorce situation critical? Well, first, it's gonna give you a huge competitive advantage over other investors. Because what other investors are doing is they're throwing offers, here's an offer, here's an offer, here's an offer. But guys, this kind of bothered me. I was in a Facebook group and, and I don't get into these kinds of conversations anymore um, because people are often stuck in their ways and that's fine. Um, but they're, they're certainly not looking for advice on why they might be doing things incorrectly and have been doing them incorrectly for a very long time. But this guy in this Facebook group, he said something to the effect of um, the difference in a high level investor and a mediocre investor is the high level investor makes 10 times more offers. And I'm already thinking about this whole divorce thing that we've got going on in Las Vegas and, and, you know, Valentine's Day coming up and the podcast episode. And I'm like, there is not a situation in where that is more fundamentally flawed than the divorce situation. So we have a competitive advantage if we're able to navigate this better than other investors, because what that guy's going to do is he's going to come into the divorce situation and he's going to say, here's my offer. You guys want $300,000. How does 180 sound? Right. And so what did you just give this couple that's already in turmoil? Well, you gave them something else to fight about and probably fight about in front of you. And I can't think of a, a more stressful situation than you give an offer and now you have two spouses fighting with each other over what you just tried to, to, to give them. Right. So if we're able to navigate the divorce situation, we're going to have a competitive advantage with against other investors. And secondly, it's a, this is about one fifth of our business. So taking the other investors off the table, let's just assume we're not competing with anyone but ourselves. If we're better able to navigate these kinds of situations, then we're going to be better at that appointment. We're going to buy more houses. We're going to make more money with the same amount of marketing ad spend. And so dealing with this is really important. Okay. So let's go through the psychology at this point of what the house was and what it is now. So let's just kind of imagine for the people that are married, uh, you can kind of think about this, or, you know, if you've been in a long-term relationship or maybe you have gone through a divorce, then you're going to understand the full scope of this where I'm not gonna understand it as much because I haven't been there. But you have a, a happy couple, they decide to get married, there's an engagement period, you know, it's all roses and sunshine, you get married, and at some point, husband and wife, or the two spouses, they buy a house, okay? And so, you think about what that house is. It's a really happy place, it's a really happy thing. I think about the day that they move in and how excited they are and how tired they are whenever they get done moving and they're so happy to be there and it's done and they begin to build memories in this place. So if they have children, then birthdays happen and you know the day that the child comes home happens and you know splish splashing in the bathtub happens and you have Christmases and Thanksgivings and all this. So I mean you think about the emotion behind that. I mean it's 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 deep. And so whenever we're going from that, which is what the house has been in the past, to there was some catalyst to create a breakdown in the relationship. Maybe one spouse was working too much. Maybe there was infidelity. Maybe there was a health issue. Maybe, who knows? You know, it's like there's a million different reasons why a relationship could break down. But at some point, you have at least one spouse and possibly two spouses that are done with each other, okay? 
And so what does the house become at that point? Well, it's the anchor that causes them to have to still deal with each other. And so that creates a serious motivation, especially if one spouse is already completely committed to move on. And they may even be living that the same house still. It's like, yeah, I don't love you anymore, but I'm going to be your roommate, even though I committed my life to you, right? And that's a really, really difficult emotional situation. So I think you can kind of begin to understand or at least get a glimpse in the difficulty that the house poses to these people. And it creates a motivation and creates a situation in which we can buy an equity position. So let's talk about my first deal. And I still remember my first deal. Uh, and I actually specifically remember the call coming in because I'd had so many calls. This was in 2010. I'd had so many calls and I hadn't bought any houses and I felt just completely beat up and defeated as I know some of you guys do. And so it's just like, man, I'm never going to buy a house, it seems like. But I'd already made the commitment that I was going to buy a house or I was going to be on my deathbed asking the doctor, hey, doc, do you have a house that I can buy before I die? You know, two hours or whatever it is, right? Like, that's the commitment that I had. It's like, we are going to do this or we're going to die trying to do this. But I remember this lead came in and the voicemail was not unlike really any other lead that, that I was getting. It was just something like, hey, Brad, I've got to sell my house. Uh, give me a call back. So I'll call the guy back. But I specifically remember a moment. And I think that um, it's like the snowflake that caused the avalanche was this moment. Because I was sitting in my truck. And I remember it was, it was a hot August day. And I was sitting in my truck. And I just was looking at my phone. And I was thinking, I just don't want to talk to anybody else. I don't want to talk to another person. And I really for just a slight moment, consider just not calling them back. It's like, I was just so beat up over it. And then I remembered my commitment. It's like, nope, Brad, this is the life you chose. This is the commitment that you made. You quit accounting to pressure wash houses part-time so that you can make some money while you chase this dream, right? And so I called the guy back and I set an appointment. And I knew at that point um, that I set the appointment that it was a divorce situation and that they were behind on payments. And guys, I had maybe at this point been to, you know, 20 or 30 appointments, hadn't bought anything, and was completely unskilled in everything I was doing. I mean, I was kind of like the the blind squirrel trying to find an acorn. You know, well, I found an acorn. So I walk in, go through the house, you know, I instantly make, uh, you know, pretty good rapport with the husband and the wife just wouldn't talk to anybody. And so I get to the kitchen table and I'm, I'm sitting between them. And um, <laughs> it, was, it was a very uncomfortable situation because they really wouldn't talk to, to each other. And so uh, they were a couple of months behind and they just wanted to, to be done with it. You know, they just wanted the mortgage taken care of. So long story short, I ended up buying the property for I believe 97,000 subject to and I sold it for 135000 with $20,000 down in cash with owner financing. And I did that in about three or four days. But dealing with this situation at the kitchen table, I realized like I was in deep water and I didn't know how to swim. And so husband and wife won't talk to each other. They're kind of talking through me. And the only thing that saved me in terms of being able to get this deal done is that they were so motivated and the market was so bad at this point in 2010 that they just really would have sold to anybody. You know, it's like as much as I would love to say, 
hey, I went in there and I did a great job and I bought something. It's like, no, I was the blind acorn that stumbled. Uh, the, I was the blind squirrel that stumbled across this acorn and happened to, to get fed that day. So I realized at that point that dealing with this divorce scenario was something that I, I needed to work at, right? So how do we navigate these things? So we're going to give you some actionable real steps that you can do the next time that you're dealing with a divorce situation. And I really hope this helps you deal with these things and that you buy more houses from it. So let's get started. So how do we navigate? The first thing that I want to submit to you is that you're at a disadvantage with one person the moment you enter the house. And so what I want to, to expand on that for just a second, one person is going to call you, so either spouse one or spouse two. And so realize that there's a lot of distrust between spouse one and spouse two at this point. You know, and we don't know the exact situation and hopefully we never know because we don't want to be their, their sounding board or their therapist. Like we're there to buy a house. But there's distrust between spouse one and spouse two, but one of these spouses has called someone and that someone happens to be you. And so let's say spouse one calls you. Well, spouse two is wondering, well, who, what's going on here? Who is this person? Is there some kind of a side deal going on between uh, my former or soon to be former spouse and this real estate investing person, you know? And so that's something that can weigh very heavily. So I want you to realize at the very beginning, you're at a disadvantage with one person the moment you enter the house. So the, this, the thing that we want to do as soon as we get there, we're going to greet everyone. And where usually I go straight into looking at the house, I want to take a moment and ideally sit down with people at a kitchen table but if that's a little bit uncomfortable, let's say the house has a lot of clutter or maybe it's like half vacant and there's not somewhere to sit, then I'm going to take both of them. And I want to say, okay, guys, you know, you guys don't know me. My name's Brad. I'm here to buy the house today. And the first thing that I want to say is I understand that you guys are going through a divorce and we deal with this situation a lot. So what I want to tell you guys is that I'm going to be fair to you as an individual and I'm going to be fair to you as an individual. Okay, so let's pause there. So what did I just say? Well, you think about it this way for probably years, they have not just been their own person. They have been so-and-so's husband or so-and-so's wife, right? So their identity is, is changing to a certain extent. And so whenever I come in and they're in the process of becoming just individuals again, they're no longer a, a couple that's married or soon to be not married, then I'm telling them, I'm going to treat you fair as an individual. I'm going to treat you fair as an individual. So what I want to do is I want to negate that, um, that disadvantage that I'm going to have with one of the, these spouses. Okay. We have to build trust to begin with. Okay. This, the next thing that we're going to do is we're going to ask both of them to show us the house. And this is of critical importance guys, because I've seen this go wrong at times where you have an investor that builds rapport with one person quicker than the other, okay? And that's a common thing. If we have a group of three or four people, then it doesn't matter what social setting we're talking about. It's very common to build rapport and a relationship with one person quicker than another person. I mean, that's just human nature. We have to fight it. Because if we don't, then we're gonna be in a situation where for every point of rapport we build with one person, Without the other being a part of it, we're getting points knocked off on the other side. And that's because of the distrust that, that's 
rampant at this point in time in their life. Okay. So if I take one spouse through the house and they show me the house and I've had 15 minutes with one person, what's the other person thinking for 15 minutes? Well, if there's a lot of distrust, they're thinking, well, what are they talking about? What's going on? You know, it's a very uncomfortable situation. So I'm building comfort with one person and I'm putting the other one kind of through the ringer. They don't know what's going on. So we have to have both spouses show us the house. Even if they don't like each other, if it's physically possible for them to walk the house, then they have to show us the house. And so we may have one person say, well, you know, you guys just go ahead and I'm going to interject. Okay. Because we have to control these situations and, and it's, it's just leadership. People want to follow a leader and we're the leader because we have the cash or we can solve their house problem. So I may say something to the effect of, well, I understand, but it's really important that you show me what you've enjoyed about the house just so that I can have a really good understanding and know all the facts and figures before I can buy it. Does that make sense? And so they'll say yes, and they'll maybe begrudgingly come through the house. Even if they're begrudging about it, that's okay. But I have to have these people walk through with me because I've seen it so many times that you build a lot of rapport with the other person and then you come in and you talk about price, you have no rapport with the other and probably negative rapport because you've built up so much rapport with these, uh, this other person because of the mistrust in the relationship, okay? So the last thing I wanna talk about is pricing. And so for those of you guys that have listened to the podcast, you know that we never give a price, never do we give a price. And a lot of people think that they're great negotiators, but they're really not. And they think that they're great negotiators because if someone's asking for 250, they know how to say 150, and they think that's negotiation. That's not negotiation. That's horse trading. Okay. Like, and I grew up in the livestock industry when I was a little boy, you know, my family was in farming and, um, that's all they did, you know, and, and they thought that was negotiation. That's what I thought negotiation was. And it's not. All right. So in, in my model, we never give a price and it's partially because of these divorce situations, because like I alluded to earlier, if they have a certain amount of, uh, that they're hoping for. And I come in and I undercut that by half, then I've just given them something to fight about. Okay. But if I can outline, here are the facts and figures of the house. What are you guys needing to get this thing done? Then I have a much better shot at it. I've never given a price and there's nothing for them to fight about. Now I have had divorce situations where the, the couples start fighting at this point because they're angry at each other. And so after looking at the facts and figures, I remember a certain situation. Let's say the house was worth 200 and they owed $100,000. Um, I, I had one husband tell the wife, well, he told me, he said, Brad, uh, to get rid of this woman, I would take 120 for the house. And then the woman said, well, to get rid of this man, Brad, I'd take 110. And I just shut up at that point. Cause you know, I'm just waiting on, on the next lower offer. And because it's not even about the house or the money at this point, they just want to, to tell each other how much they dislike each other. You know? So it, it's an interesting situation, but all of that to say, guys, if you don't go in and give a price, you don't go in and build rapport that's unstable to the point we're not building rapport with two decision makers. We're building rapport with one decision maker to the alienation of the other. And we come in and have an idea of the pain and the problem that has been created with this divorce and how this house is the anchor, 
then we're going to be a lot more successful with these appointments. And really, that's what I want for you guys is to be successful, to have a strong business, to enjoy life, to have a good time doing this business. Because, you know, just like I started at the beginning and I had that kind of moment where had that last snowflake not hit the mountain and cause the avalanche, like, I don't know what I would be doing today, you know, but luckily I had some good people around me that encouraged me. And that's what I want to do for you guys. I want you to feel encouraged. I want you to, to feel empowered and I want you guys to have a strong business. And as you're dealing with these divorce situations, understand how to navigate these situations so that you can go and buy a house and do it very, very effectively. Guys, I hope that makes sense. I hope that's valuable to you guys. And I hate to be kind of humdrum on Valentine's Day. I hope I'm not, but this is serious. I mean, this is a reality that people have to deal with. And you know, I thought it would be just kind of an interesting episode for this time of year. So uh, anyway, if you haven't joined us in the Investor Creator community on Facebook, then you're going to want to do that. Uh, i got some great people in there. We're answering questions. I have some videos coming out and uh, just trying to give value to the, the real estate community. So anyway, hope you guys have a great day. I'm going to go buy this house and pick up my equity position for today. And then I'm going to help other investors do the same for the rest of the day. So, all right, guys, talk to you guys soon. Happy investing. We'll talk to you later. Hey, guys, Brad here. Are you a new investor or are you a seasoned investor that enjoys the podcast, but you just can't seem to wrap your head around notes and subject to creating wraps as well as the various other things that I talk about? There's one thing that I see that is really common with most real estate investors, especially wholesalers, and it's this. If you aren't creating notes, then you are leaving more money on the table than you are actually making. If you want to change this in your business, then reach out to me at brad at bradsmotherman.com. We are opening our apprentice program in just a few weeks, and in this program, we work together on deals, one-on-one, and we profit share in your local market. Are you ready to have a real mentor instead of just buying another course? reach out to me, brad at bradsmotherman.com.